everyone, and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hello. And John. Hey, how's it going? What's poppin', folks? Don't worry. Don't worry. Not many corny puns for you today. Just the sharks and their kernels of wisdom. Today's product promises to be truly amazing and butter yet tasty. Will it be popular with the sharks or will these founders leave burned? Ugh, now I'm hungry. I'm going to go grab a snack while you listen to this ad. There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey, but there is the all new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Today in the tank, we have Like Air, and Like Air is coming from founders Allison, Steve, and Kevin, and they are asking for $300,000 for 3.5% in their business, which is approximately $8.5 million in terms of valuation. Now, their product, Like Air, is a healthy, light, and airy popcorn-like snack product. It is a puffcorn. And unlike popcorn, this means that when you eat this product, there's no hard kernels that get stuck in your teeth. There's nothing artificial in this product. It's a healthy snack, 50 calories per cup. And it comes in a variety of flavors such as classic white cheddar, pancake, and cinnamon bun. So it's a snack. Pancake and threw it's me like off. popcorn. Can we just talk about no, pancake throwing me that off? That got me excited. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, so oh, unique. white cheddar, or like butter. It's pancake. differentiated, pancake. though. How many oh. pancake flavors do you see in the good for you aisle? Uh. I thought it was like maple <laughs> yeah. Like, I felt like it was going to be just like, yeah, like maple syrupy, right? Ugh. Sweet and syrupy. It wasn't the cinnamon bun that threw you off. It was the pancake. It was a pancake. Well, I couldn't even hear cinnamon bun because all, I heard pancake <laughs> and I just blacked out. <laughs> done. <laughs> Not on John's popcorn. <laughs> So besides the pancake spin, which is clearly not your flavor profile, what were you thinking about the product in general? So it sounded like there was some excitement initially. Oh my gosh, I love this product. I love, love, love this product. I almost have quit popcorn. Wow. I love popcorn. I almost quit popcorn mm-hmm. because I just, it gets in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Cannot handle the kernels in the teeth anymore. I'm spending too much money on floss, trying to get the kernels out of my teeth I almost quit popcorn. Now I saw this product and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And then I was like, mm, but I bet it's like totally processed and nasty and full of gross stuff. And then I was like, no. But it's not. It's not. It's all natural. No GMO corn and I was here. Like, but I bet it's probably like high calorie. So I won't even get like the benefit of popcorn. And then I was mm-hmm. like, no, it's low calorie. This is incredible. 50 calories. All ages, cup. low calorie, all natural, no kernels. What more could you ask for? I'm all in. <laughs> What do you need? How much money do you need? A live reactive John (laughs) as he's watching this. (laughs) Just set up a little reaction cam for every Mm -hmm. segment. You can see my face right now, audience. It's large. Mm -hmm. 
I get the hype. It's a vitamin. It makes popcorn more enjoyable. Who doesn't love popcorn? I have to be against this, though. I think it's very difficult to break into this category. It's a very mature category compared to like five to 10 years ago when better for you snacking was kind of on the rise. I feel like they missed their moment a little bit there. I think their pricing at $3.99 retail makes sense for like other items within the space. But my biggest problem is they've had 15 months that they were on shelf and that they're still at like break even or they're burning money. Mm -hmm. 15 months is a really long time for a new product to get into a big box store. For most products that go on shelf, it's usually about like six months or 12 months, depending on when floors have resets and buyers look at their different SKUs that they want in aisles. So the fact that they have been a proven item in a category, new in the space, they're able to defend on space. I don't understand where the money is going and it drives me nuts. And that makes me have a little bit of some distress when it comes to our founders, just a little bit. We got a lot of investment banking backgrounds. I'm like, come on, guys, you can't just be burning through this money here. Where is this money going? And to like put some numbers to that, they mentioned in like 2021, they made $2.5 million broke even, right? 2022 made $5 million, lost 190,000, right? So it's like there's a leak somewhere. So I definitely feel you, Ariel. Yes. And like they mentioned, they only spent 16% of their dollars on trade spend. If it was a matter of, hey, we need to get more units out or like increase our distribution, they can always allocate more money for something like a two for five or some kind of buy to drive more inventory through the market. So I'm just, I'm very confused about where the money is going. I mean, I think they've spent their money on investing in CapEx in the form of a production facility. It seems like that is the big thing that they've put all their money into and Mm -hmm. essentially still a little bit pre-product market fit. Hmm. Totally haven't unlocked their market yet. Mm -hmm. If that happens, sure, put the millions of dollars into building a production facility, et cetera, et cetera. It just feels like maybe their sequencing was a little off and, you know, they took a lot of money on to run a really capital intensive business and maybe they didn't need to do that. Maybe they should have put much Mm -hmm. more of it into actually like penetrating, building a brand. If you look at the examples, there have been like lots of great independent, better for you snacks. Smart food, food should taste good, boom chicka pop. Boom chicka pop, like, you know. (laughs) But I would say to your point, like the more that they spend on actually like getting penetration into the market, the better. And if they get real success there, then they should, you know, get major CapEx investments. Especially because we've recently covered episodes where there was an issue with potentially go into like co-packing. For example, I think it was Heather's Choice didn't go into a co-packer because it was like unable to sustain the level of ingredients that the founder wanted. Mm -hmm. We didn't really get that type of narrative here of why they had to control the manufacturing so tight. And especially with something so expensive, I think that was where the pitch kind of fell a little short for Mm -hmm. me is just like unpacking that why, where's the money going? Because then the sharks got a little suspicious to your point, Ariel, where it's like, where's the money going? Why are you here too? If you're going through all these successful rounds of funding. Mm -hmm. So there's just a little bit of misalignment in terms of narrative there. And the reason they're there is they've spent a lot and they haven't achieved the sort of market penetration that they need to achieve. That's why they're there. Mm -hmm. And they're hoping that if they both get the clout from being on Shark Tank, lots of people will buy it. Mm -hmm. And that by having a shark, they'll just be able to like make much more progress in big box stores, which is where they kind of need to be. And so I think that's why they're there. The problem is, this is why it gets so tricky. They've taken a ton of money on. And so their valuation is definitely overinflated versus what they're actually making in revenue. So they're now having these conversations with the sharks. And the sharks are like, 
our observation is that you just like raise a ton of money and spend a ton of money. And so like we want protection and we want a valuation that's much more favorable than you want to give us because we don't want to get totally diluted away. So if their main issue is market penetration, like their category is really competitive, what can they do in terms of like what they can control with their product to make sure that they are successful in a space that has been established? The snack category is a huge one. What could they do in terms of marketing, in terms of getting that momentum they need? I think they really need to lean into their distribution partners and really push in point of sale kind of things. So things like on Saturdays, having little yeah. snack booths. Because this is a product that the sharks really kind of sold it in terms of like, wow, this tastes phenomenal mm-hmm. and fantastic. So I think this is one of those products you kind of have to try first. But I don't think they need to necessarily look at new distribution partners or channels. I would just focus on churning out that velocity in the stores you are working in and really just kind of honing in on driving sales and inventory. I think they've got a big brand building job to do. Yeah, that too. These markets are low margin markets. They're not high margin markets, which means you don't have that much to spend on sales and marketing. And so what they have to do in their early days, they have to raise a lot of money, not just on the production side, but also to support brand building and sales and marketing activities, because boy, is it tough in grocery and retail to actually make a decent margin. For me, I think they should put much more of their money into brand building and actually like helping just gain general awareness and consideration for their product. I think that'll flow down pretty well for them. How do you do that? How do you actually build brand in a sustainable way? I think there's a few different ways. So you can either lean into the product-led growth, which is more focusing on letting the product speak for itself. But I think for the type of like good for you product that they're leading into is really kind of double down on those reasons to believe. Like I think John had some really good points of like, this addresses a pain point. That should be more upfront in the market. No more kernels. How often are you tired of flossing? Yeah, after (laughs) you have to eat popcorn, like really lean into how you're solving that pain point for folks, make it more apparent. And then I'm not the biggest fan of their visual brand and identity. But again, with a lot of these products, I don't expect them to have the best in class, most polished branding. But I think like Air, they can make it a little bit more visually like teasing it in the name a little bit more or like showcase light and fluffy pieces falling. Like I see that with like puffs or like similar types of chips, like the light airiness or crispness. Mm -hmm. They're kind of getting at that now with their current packaging, but I think they can make a little bit more tweaks there to make it a little bit more high product focus, very clean, easy, really reinforcing that in their messaging. So customers know, hey, I'm going to grab this instead of rice cakes. What do you think about the name like air? Do you like it? What would you name your own popcorn alternative? Mm. I don't love it. Probably call it pop puffs. Pop pop puffs. Pop puffs. <laughs> Sorry, but pop, pop or puff pops. Pop, pop puffs. Pops. Yeah. <laughs> puff pops. It's like Peter Piker picked a pair of pickled popcorn. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the like air. I get that they're trying to like tie Sounds it like into a sneaker that. to me. It does sound to like a sneaker. Honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a plane or, you know. Cloud corn, oh. maybe like popcorn, cloud corn. Cloud corn? I don't know. I like it. Cloud corn. Popcorn is a service. Yeah. <laughs> pillow puffs. I don't know. Oh, pillow puffs. Popcorn you eat in bed. Next to your wake and bacon. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's not popcorn. They're puffs. Yeah. This is the thing. They're just puffs. Yeah. They need to do some SEO research. And get How about like air? It's yeah. a good name. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Well, despite our thoughts on the name, the Sharks liked it. There was that issue of worrying about investment being dilutable. So Lori actually tried to kind of build a moat around her offer by starting to go in for $300,000 for 7.5%. That was non-dilutable. But 
Two of our founders are investment bankers, and they did not like that. So ultimately, they were able to negotiate her down to make her offer dilutable. But then Mark jumped in. So we got a final offer from Mark and Lori for $300,000 with a 10% equity ask that would eventually be dilutable, possibly, (laughs) if they raise more money in the future. So the founders were open to this type of deal, and they walked away with a Shark Tank deal. So... More from Like Air coming to a Kroger near you. And I do have a small company update. So the company's revenue streams have been bolstered with partnerships like Sam's Club. So currently the product is sold in Kroger, but there's also other partners where you can find this product like Wegmans. John, I know there's a Wegmans near Boston, so you'll have to report back. But on the website, it typically costs... $24.99 for a pack of 20, but the price was recently reduced to $19.99. So you can definitely keep buying these. This was a recent Shark Tank deal. John, Mm -hmm. because you don't like kernels, you should get some report back. I'm going to get some. I'm very curious. Try the pancake flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not doing the pancake. There's no way I'm doing the pancake. <laughs> Never mind. He doesn't want to do it. If it has Hard to be pancake. Hard line in the sand for John is when it's pancake. breakfast snack food. <laughs> His persona is not for pancakes. We'll keep that in mind for future breakfast-related episodes. <laughs> Production for today's episode was brought to you by Ari Desarmo. Editing comes from Robert Hartwig and support from Alfred Schultz. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you subscribe to the greatest podcasts ever. That does it for me. See you next week in the tank for another bite. Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each episode hosts an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time, along with deep dive conversations on the creative process that went into building companies and brands. If you like learning about history or learning about the creative process, you'll like this podcast. Listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts.